episodes of us deep diving our creative process our creative progress no our creative process Mm -hmm. i've made this intro before Mm -hmm. Uh, you're making progress at making this intro be part of your creative process process. (laughs) hey so yeah uh that didn't make any sense carry on thank you james um so these podcast episodes um happen once a week on a monday sometimes twice a week but we haven't gotten there yet um so if you're new around here feel free to freaking subscribe and bonus points if you leave a rate and or review actually no rate and review on apple podcast because at the end of the podcast we like to read them and share them with all of our lovely people Mm -hmm. so what are we talking about today james well christina today thank you by the way for that heck yeah bro sterling intro Ooh. Never used that word in a sentence before. I love integrating new words into my vocabulary. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> I heard tax boondoggle used in a sentence. Is that a real thing? The it's a thing. I want to go boondoggling. Yeah, and uh, and I don't know exactly what it means, but I heard somebody use it in a. He was on a phone call in Starbucks, and it was a business call. Uh, if you want to entertain yourself, listen to a business call in Starbucks. The that, merger and the boondoggle. That, right. The same statements tend to happen consistently. Um, things like, you know, net benefit. It's something that you w- will never hear in any normal conversation. Yeah. But if it's a business conversation. Or like spaghetti and basil. Exactly. Weird, you know? Exactly. They always say, oh my gosh, this is going to be the spaghetti and basil of the real estate market. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about the themes we're trying to go after for our channels and that other people are trying to go after for their channels and whatever they create for the world and how if you pursue certain themes with your work that if your priorities are not aligned in a, a good way you can end up burning yourself out and causing many other pitfalls to befall your pit. Now, Nobody likes a pit to be befalled. I hate when my pits get befalled. Um, and first off, I want to talk about what we've been speaking about regarding our themes yes. that we're trying to pursue for our work. And I feel like this might be a bit ambiguous at the point at this current moment. So I want to make sure that I clarify for you what I'm trying to say. Each of our channels has a theme word we're trying to create content around a certain set of ideas mm-hmm. and concepts your theme changes a good bit and i feel like mine changes a good bit i think this is a general problem that youtubers struggle with we're just doing everything i think else. we've created uh, a unique perspective for ourselves working with other youtube creators mm-hmm. because we get to see the the different versions of theme issues that people run into right and for us I think we're always trying to pursue a a theme that we can build upon, that we can systematize around and create new content under that so that the story that we're trying to tell to our is people consistent. is cohesive and yeah. consistent, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yes. So how would you describe the theme that we're trying to go after for the Reds at the moment? Hell, I don't know. <laughs> I know. That's, that one's really a little bit confusing. So that one has is... Been. And it's so funny because when somebody asks you like, oh, what do you do? I typically say, I make YouTube videos. I work from home. I That's essentially what I do. I make YouTube videos. Sometimes I make YouTube videos for other people, but sometimes I make them for myself. So I make YouTube videos. And I work from home. My seat makes a farting sound when I lift and go down on it. And, and it doesn't really 
help when you're trying to record a podcast. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, but so for the, the elevator pitch, this is what I recently did for somebody. We were actually had, are we, were you in an elevator? No, no. I guess I can't really ask you this question right now because it's being recorded, but we recently had a meeting with a company and they asked me to do their 30 second, the 30 second pitch for our channel. Okay. And, um, essentially what I said was quote, um, hi, we're Christina and James. We make, I'm just kidding. Um, but our channel is about, this is our creating things together podcast. Like, What's, what, <laughs> what are you talking about right now? <laughs> I just start like short circuiting <laughs> tax boondoggle. Tax boondoggle. Um, so basically Basil and spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> what I tell people is, um, we travel adventure and create we travel as much as possible within mm -hmm. that we adventure we go explore and then we create really high quality videos around oh, that really high quality yeah like <laughs> you've got low quality and then you've got high quality yeah. we are there's like somewhere marquez in brownlee and then there's like us okay that's <laughs> right? generous yeah um but we make really thoughtful creative videos about our creative process how we filmed this thing what camera we used and all of that stuff um but so that's i guess i guess that answers your question mm -hmm. but that's starting to shift in my mind i don't know if i should go there yet what's the elevator pitch for your channel well my elevator pitch and the interesting thing is that the elevator pitch is <clears throat> what you tell people but then there's underneath that what you feel like you're actually trying to do and all of the intricacies of your channel, if that makes sense. I'm constantly noodling about that. So those are kind of two different things for me. The elevator pitch is kind of like I, uh, I make long-form content where I uh, study different artists and I also have conversations with different artists about their art. Disclaimer. So, yes. Our elevator pitches don't sound so confused when we're actually speaking to <laughs> right. people. I think it's just because we're telling each other it and we're like, I think this is it. But when we're speaking to uh, people, it's very important to be like super straightforward. Yeah, You've yeah, got yeah. three seconds you to catch their attention. You have a quick story to tell, yeah. You've got a very quick story to tell. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what this podcast is about, mm -hmm. is telling a bunch of stories. Mm -hmm. um, mostly lies. Right, right, uh, <laughs> primarily. So what I struggle with in terms of theming myself is figuring out how niche to go and how not niche to go. Yeah. Because my channel started out being about... Street photography. Ph street photography. Yeah. Like the nichiest of niches. And it was so easy and to it, explain. It even went into just street portraits. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Which is a niche within the niche of street photography, which is an incredibly... Uh, specific niche of photography but right then he had a mental breakdown and started making hour-long videos and then and yeah and they were they were photo walks and they you know it was it was a simple time but at the same time i wasn't as happy as i wanted to be with my channel mm -hmm. and i learned that i love talking about art and the creative process mm -hmm. and what i struggle with even today and earlier today and last night and, and whenever I'm in the shower and thinking breathing. it's it's like I do breathe no, it's I'm helpful saying you struggle with it while you breathe while I breathe yeah I tend to breathe while I think um what I struggle with Lucky. is is where I should fall on that spectrum of visual arts photography 
And I want to talk about all visual arts, right? Mm-hmm. You just want to be a college professor. But, right. But I, but, but then there's a part of me that's like, but hold on, you know, photography so well, like you, you, your bread and butter is photography, but then, but then my bread and butter is freaking drums. Cause I've been playing drums longer than I've been doing anything else. I could probably talk about drums in a more educated manner that I could even talk about photography. So should my channel just shift to being a drum channel? I'm sure our downstairs neighbors would really enjoy that. <laughs> they, right. Uh, all the neighbors like all seven rooms <laughs> over would enjoy that. Yeah. <clears throat> but so it's like, I, I wrestle with that constantly and I think about what I'm missing because I'm not focusing on one thing or another, right? Yeah. That's really tough. Yeah. And that's part. That's the theming part that is difficult because it's about my happiness with my content, mm-hmm. which I think is it is a great place to start if you're trying to create content. Is your happiness with that content? I think it's a place to. It's a place to keep yourself uh, grounded and creating content that is compelling because it's compelling to you, which is what I believe is a good fundamental goal to be after. So a couple of things with what you just said. I think happiness, yes, but I think a lot of creators, including ourselves, struggle with, okay, well, happiness versus the algorithm gods sure right it's very hard to create well for some people it's hard and i think for us honestly given our history on the internet creating content that fulfills us versus content that fulfills the algorithm Mm -hmm. and honestly i'm at the point where just screw it (laughs) (laughs) um so i i wouldn't consider like having myself have experienced like a YouTuber burnout or something dramatic like that. Mm-hmm. But I do get creative droughts. Many burnouts. Yeah, many, many droughts. That's a good yeah. way to put it. Yeah. So I call them droughts. I don't yeah. call them burnouts because that's way too dramatic. Yeah. And I'm waiting like for Like we haven't like quit social media. I'm waiting. By, and like let the internet know that we're quitting social media and then we leave yeah. for two no, no. weeks. I'm waiting for the right time. And then we right come back time. and then everything's normal again. I'm waiting for the right time to make a title like that. That was supposed to be shots fired, by the way. Yeah. Everybody does that. Yeah. Um, but one day you're going to do it and I'm going to laugh. You'll just be like, James is so dramatic. I'm, anyway, I'm saying, so I'm let me finish my point. So I think what... I'm don't do it. Um, <laughs> what was that? Okay. I'm my own grandpa. grandpa. <laughs> Gosh, you make me so mad, but it's so funny. <laughs> I'm my own grandpa. This is trying. This is supposed to be a professional podcast about creativity, and you're singing about Such a your funny song. That's uh, something that if you go to any event or any sort of social gathering, like if you that. just start singing that in in it's the most random of situations, it's gonna be amazing, at least for you. Yeah. Everybody else is going to be like, what's What is wrong with him? James is losing it again. Spaghetti and basil. So, you see, you make me forget what I was talking about. I'm sorry. It is it is hard to keep up with things. Yeah. You were talking about um, serving the algorithm. Serving the algorithm. Okay. You stay quiet for a couple seconds. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. I'm my own (laughs) spaghetti. (laughs) I'm my own spaghetti? Yeah. So... Um, serving the algorithm, I think, causes burnout. And I think 
that from what I'm learning about the algorithm from our friends is for the from the friends who it seems like they've mastered the algorithm it's actually not like think of the algorithm as just make something that you're really stoked about and if you're stoked about it then your following will be stoked about it genuinely and if you're following stoked about it then YouTube will serve it on a beautiful play button platter to mm. the ether mm. and that's how the algorithm works you can't play like you can play the algorithm game but at the same time you can't because sometimes what happens is when you play the algorithm game it's at the expense of your own mental sanity and at your own mm. creative happiness as you're talking right now i just i'm having a hard time thinking of where to go because there's so many different directions this is such a loaded topic and it has a lot there well the good thing is go into i was talking so you don't have to say anything no i'm i just (laughs) i just think of how like the the, we have it written down as a bullet point you know the pitfalls of serving the algorithm right Mm -hmm. it seems like a very simple bullet point but as you're talking i just think about how robust that's a big topic topic is Yeah. yeah 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 um Side note, I sound so mean to you when I'm listening to these things. Am I that mean to James? I'm glad you get to finally hear how you talk to me on a daily yeah, basis. Yeah, I sound like Christine. a biatch, but honestly. <laughs> no, you know how I cushion cu- you know how I cushion and make it feel like we're not dysfunctional? What? I laugh at you. Oh. You will say something <laughs> very intense and like Oh, Christina's kind of harsh there. And then yeah. I go, no, it's okay. It's just humor. We're just, no. it's banter. <laughs> He's laughing. But I do really... cry afterwards. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh, but cry on the inside. Okay. Yeah. So um, back on the algorithm topic. Uh, <laughs> these get more ridiculous. <laughs> these just get so absurd. Oh my God. Why do we try? So good. Um, so what I'll just speak from my own personal experience, what I'm dealing with right now and what I think I'm going to be doing um, two months from now and two months from that, who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm actually really excited about is making my videos a bit more simple and not mm. spoon feeding our viewers. So I've edited for people in the past that is like... Because you're scared of, you want the viewers to feel as if they're, it's easily to digestible i'll get there is that okay so i've edited i've always feel like i'm throwing people under the bus but i'm not it's just different people edit differently i've edited for people in the past that want their video to be two and a half minutes long and it's very short and it's very quick and the story is very surface right Mm. but the way that we like to create because they want to people to stay engaged yeah they don't leave the video at a minute yeah 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 and honestly i'd much rather people leave my video after a minute which humble brag they don't yeah but i'd much rather people leave my video after a minute but get something really solid out of it Mm. versus like why was there text flying around like why were those cuts so quick i'm dizzy um I but think the you problem run the risk with... of diluting your content when you serve the algorithm. Don't do that. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. I, was, I was getting Cooper off the. <laughs> yeah. Cooper hair. Off These are me. really sensitive microphones. My apologies. Um, but does that make sense? Yeah. No, that makes total sense. I think that's and, one of the biggest pitfalls of serving the algorithm. And I, it's not serving the algorithm. It's serving what they think the audience wants, Ooh, and what interesting. The, what that creates. The problem that creates. I'm going to say two things. The problem that creates is you build an audience that can't digest anything Mm. so if you're an actual creator and really create really compelling stuff 
you're going to start attracting people who can't digest more than a four minute video. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's not the stuff that you're stoked you, about creating. You train your audience. Right. And so, a lot of creators will, they will build a prison for themselves. Yes. I, I think we've both experienced that looking out that people will build a prison for themselves mm -hmm. trying to create digestible content. Right. And then the second thing that I was going to say is something that I just forgot. Um, oh, yeah. My, nope. Totally lost it. Oh, sorry. Damn it. I'm so sorry. Gosh, that is that is a pickle I, and a half. <laughs> no, I was trying to like hit those points really quickly and then let you get back to it. I wasn't trying to be interruptive. Mm -hmm. um, so the okay. um, this is I just remembered it. Go. Yay. Um, the second problem with that that I've experienced, and I think that it's really important for other people who maybe do freelance if you're getting feedback from other people, you have to stay confident in what you create for your own personal self, but don't be arrogant and go, well, they're just, that feedback is wrong. Because mm -hmm. when you're freelancing, you're making a video for somebody else, for somebody else's channel. Mm -hmm. So their feedback, you should welcome it because it's teaching you, number one, how to edit in a different style, how to communicate a story in a different way. And then number two, you might be able to take some of that. Mm-hmm. And, and, they, and they do have an interesting different perspective mm -hmm. from you right they have a very that is good yeah and there's so much that you can learn from editing for other people um so i think people burn out because they're trying to do stuff that's not true to their core mm. or sometimes they just burn out because they're just not made for it but that's not the point that i'm trying to make mm -hmm. i feel like I am made for this. I'm made for this. Um, but I experience creative droughts because I don't, I, I don't stay authentic to myself. Mm -hmm. And I have to really be self-aware with that. I think we both reached a place with our channel a couple months ago where we felt like we weren't excited to make videos because we didn't know what we were doing like we didn't know we didn't what know we were trying we were. to make videos for we we didn't understand what our our purpose was why are we asking people to spend 10 minutes of their day a couple times a week with us yeah what's the point of this video yeah but it but it it almost you shoot yourself in the foot before you even begin when you get to that place because we didn't even want to start making a video. It's like we have to make a video because we have to generate that momentum so that we'll start wanting to make more videos. Like and that's good. Starting backwards. That's and it's good because that is actually exactly what you have to do, at least partially. You have to generate momentum so that you can get through that rut and find your vision and find your passion for what you're trying to be up to with your work. But when but you also have to sit down and have a planning session, come to Jesus with yourself and understand what it needs to be about because you need to be creating from a fountain of enthusiasm within you. And when we're creating these podcasts, for example, it's very important that we both feel like we're doing something meaningful with this podcast because we wouldn't want to, move the desk over here every single time. I mean, we still don't, but we wouldn't want to move the desk over here every time, put the microphones up, sit down and talk to each other. Yeah. I think um, the podcast, honestly, is the most exciting creative venture that we've done in a long time. Yeah. 
even mm-hmm. more exciting than like traveling to do something. Yeah. Number one, it's completely different than anything we've ever done. And then number two, I think that we just have a very specific vision mm-hmm. behind what the purpose is. Right, right. And we have a cleaner understanding. Yeah. And for our channel, The Reds, I'm starting to rediscover that. And really what I want to do is I want to obviously travel, adventure, and create. I'm super stoked on traveling. But one thing that I notice is when we travel, what are we, like, what's the story? Is it just a vlog? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. kind of boring. Right. Um, and then it's like everybody else does this. Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. Why are we different? Why are we yeah. traveling? Why are we spending all this money to go on a trip, mm-hmm. but we still have just as foggy of a vision as when we were at the apartment. So what I'm really actually kind of excited to dip my toes in the water of is doing more, I guess, short form series. So on a regular basis, C-Rai, on a regular basis, I want to um, just create and unpack our process, right? Mm -hmm. But pretty soon, next month actually, actually this month technically, later on in the month, we're going to go to California to do a basically podcasting trip. Mm-hmm. We're going to collaborate with a bunch of people. And I'm really, number one, I'm really excited for that. Yeah. I'm excited to speak to new people. Um, and number two, I'm excited to document that process. Mm-hmm. So I think that we need to do more documenting. And Gary Vaynerchuk says document over create. I think we need to document and create. Mm-hmm. We need to document what we're creating mm-hmm. and how we're doing it. Mm-hmm. I just filmed this coming home video and it was beautiful and everything. I need to document how I planned that. Um, and yep. I think there's value in that and there's inspiration in that for other creators. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I want to do is draw more people who are like us. I want to create a community of people who are like us. Yep. That way we have friends, number one, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but people who are excited about the creation process, mm-hmm. not necessarily the, the final you, product. you build really does matter. Oh yeah. I think it's another thing we've learned is that there are so many different communities and there are more communities that you don't then there are more communities that you don't want mm-hmm. than communities that you do want yeah. to follow your work yeah that's an interesting insight can we talk about that yeah oh i'm already talking about it watch out world did you hear my mouth hole i, I heard it yeah i heard it it was moving in a fashion that would generate the words that would create the sounds that would be talking about that i was here i was so here yeah yeah so this is something that i struggle with and this is the whole this is back to the topic of staying confident right we have so many conversations with especially in the circle that we're in living in utah we moved here because we wanted to have a creative circle but as we matured as creatives um we're starting to learn that this is not the like a lot of the creators here we don't resonate with what they're creating um but Can we call it the octagon? Because I think that's a fun shape. The octagon? The creative octagon that we reside in. Sure. So thank you. The creative octagon that we... Thank you for letting me be myself today. (laughs) You're welcome. Anytime, Bob. Um, So one of the things that I can struggle with, and I still struggle with it, I'm not like the most confident person in the world, Mm -hmm. you know? I may sound it, but there's certain points where people are telling me, this is what you need to... I hate it so freaking much. If you want me to, I don't even know if I should say this. If you want me to not, go, 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 go. If you want me to not jive with what you're saying, 
That's the cleanest way I could say it. Yeah. If you want me to not jive with what you're saying, tell me that I need to do something. If you want, if you want her to to have a bucket of care that is completely empty about what you're saying, start it off with, okay, what you need to be doing. It's like first of all, what you need to be doing is not telling me what I need to be doing. And the problem is, what tends to come after that is, is not what a, you need. A statement <laughs> that that does not align with who you are at all. You feel like the person didn't even listen to to what you were saying. To begin they didn't. With. They oh didn't. They haven't spent the time to learn about who you are and what you're trying to create right. exactly and specifically. They're just they, telling you a formula that works. They, look, when they you, looked at you at a 30,000-foot level and not came up. Not <laughs> Okay. <laughs> they looked at you from space and came up with like three things in their head that would be good ideas without gaining the context of who you are. So... Let me just spill it to you. Basically, what I don't like to and happen. The, I'm sorry. The, and the, the the flip side of that is that there are also people who who gain the proper context before they say that, and they give you really good ideas. Right. That are right. smart. Yeah. An example of that is a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago or so, or now. Oh my gosh, I can't speak English. Um, I was on the phone with our friend Bryce and I was telling him this is the kind of stuff that I'd like to do and he gave me an idea and I was like yes that's a great idea but uh, let's just use thumbnails for example right mm. there technically is a formula behind thumbnails according to some people um, I don't necessarily subscribe to that formula but I do believe that um, you can take some things from that formula. Mm. For example, I don't like to do too much Photoshop work on our phone, on, on our thumbnails. And I think back to the burnout topic, following a certain formula, if you don't really resonate with that formula, just because you're supposed to, that will lead to getting exhausted with what you're making and not being <clears throat> super stoked on it. Mm -hmm. And what I struggle with, and this is where the insecurity comes in and I have to remember to be confident is just be let's for, let's say we like to make thumbnails that are just really pretty mm -hmm. right but YouTube doesn't like pretty thumbnails YouTube likes it when you scribble all over the thumbnails and make it so extra mm -hmm. just because you like I feel sometimes not confident in making those pretty thumbnails that I really resonate with and then I'll slip into the making really complicated thumbnails to the point where it's like, I'm not even proud of this thumbnail. I'd much rather not follow the quote unquote algorithm or follow the um, formula and be stoked with what I'm making. Mm -hmm. And that does come at a detriment, honestly. Mm -hmm. I, I think that we'd be well above our size if we followed the formula. Mm -hmm. But the formula doesn't resonate with us. And if we followed that formula, we would draw people in that we don't resonate with. Mm -hmm. And then now what do we do? We're making videos for a bunch of people we don't like. Well, I mean, even though we are still small and we're, of course, we're always trying to grow. We want to get bigger in terms of our following across all of our channels and platforms. Sub for sub, guys. <laughs> and uh, sub for sub is the way to go. Uh, we, I do believe, I hold on to this belief that there are two different pieces of a following mm -hmm. or a community that you build around you. I also think it's important to to understand 
to use different words if necessary, because community to me helps me think of the idea of a following a different way than a following. Yeah, I'd much right? rather call it a community. Right. So there is quality and quantity. Mm-hmm. Quality is very, very important. And you can easily build up a quantity of followers or a community that doesn't that aren't the people you want anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So why would you want 100,000 people who only care about that viral video you made six months ago? Right. And they want more videos of that. Why? Wh- that means almost nothing. Mm-hmm. That means what you want is you want a thousand, and this is a, the you have a uh, the idea of a thousand true followers and i forget who the person is that sort of originated that idea gordon ramsay but yeah gordon ramsay you want a thousand chicken wings <laughs> a thousand lamb sauces uh you the idea is that a thousand true followers people who truly care about what you're doing and will follow you with loyalty and and care about whatever you're up to because they appreciate you and what you create for what it is that that is a goal to pursue Mm -hmm. and also that i subscribe to the seth godin idea that you want to build a tribe of people who are like you people who no outsiders allowed (laughs) you you want to create content you want to create everything you create for those people out there who are so who are just like you in your head and you have to assume that you as a person and what you create and all the things you're interested in that there are going to be other people that align with three that. other people out there that are yeah. like us. um and that that's that's the niche you follow right and that keeps you away from just pursuing what's digestible. Mm-hmm. It helps you preserve depth in your content. It helps you do what is meaningful and you trust that the other people are going to resonate with that that meaning. Mm-hmm. Now, the confusing part is of course, you're going to miss out on different things and you're there're going to be moments where you go I feel like I feel like I'm not growing because I'm going after this. But to me, staying on that path means that you slowly but surely build up a community that is the quality and the quantity mm-hmm. that you want. And you will be more fulfilled by that in the end through that patient pursuit than if you uh, did not pursue it that way. Yes. I'm going to pivot. Pivot. So I think a lot of people, a lot of creatives like us, a lot of people who really value their creative control, they'll say, well, I don't create for the audience. I don't create for the community. I create for myself. And to them, I say, malarkey. Oh. That's a strong one. Oh. Malarkey. I I thought we didn't use excessive profanity on this podcast, (laughs) Christina. (laughs) Ma-freaking-larkey. I do think, yes, you create for yourself first. You create that makes you ha- things that make you happy. But something that I'm also learning is you have to create stuff that other people care about as well. Otherwise, just keep it on your hard drive. Don't upload it to YouTube. Mm-hmm. If you're creating for yourself, keep it to yourself. Nobody wants to see it. Um, so something that we're learning right now, we're in the process of learning this and figuring out 
how to scratch our itch and our community's itch um, is let's let's figure out the balance. Create right. stuff that other people care about, but where the harmony is that, another word. But stuff that we are also super stoked about creating, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to announce nothing. <laughs> wow, I'm excited it's to be big. Um, I think earlier in the podcast I mentioned it that we're going to try something a bit different this summer. I'm excited to plan it. This California trip, I'm actually pretty stoked about um, because it's going to go into effect and it's going to probably be very stressful because mm. whenever James and I try something for the first time, it is very stressful and it's a fairly ambitious endeavor, but I want to create these mini series, Siri, um, talking about what we're doing, right? So not just going on the trip, but talking about how we're going on the trip. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be a vlog, but I want it to be vloggy. Mm-hmm. The, the word vlog kind of has a definition to it, but it's a video blog. Mm-hmm. Everything's a vlog on the internet. If it's mm-hmm. a video, then it's a vlog. Mm-hmm. But the term vlogging is like kind of surface level. I think I want to train people to think a bit differently. Mm. I want to document, for example, the thing that I did with that family. Mm. Document how I planned that. And looking back, I'm kind of frustrated that I didn't like you know, film us having the planning meeting beforehand, film me planning mm-hmm. it and all of that stuff, but you learn it for the future. Um, so I want to, it's not going to be a series. It's just going to be one video. It's going to be me testing the waters out of like really getting nitty and gritty on our channel. Because honestly, number one, I want an audience that cares about that stuff. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that I train my audience to care about it? Sure. Maybe I'll lose some people. Goodbye. Um, but I want to, that that's the people that I care about. So I want, and I think that our audience cares about it. And I think that they're waiting for it. Mm. I think they're salivating so smoothly oh, with their saliva glands. Um, good name for like a jazz radio station. Smooth salivation. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies to you guys listening with headphones. Um, but yeah, so I want to get a little bit more nitty gritty. I want mm-hmm. to talk about the things that we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what we how wrestled, we do that. Yeah, I have no idea. I, th- I think what we wrestled with for a while, and I think we're finally starting to get to get a grasp on it, is if you just document, you run the risk of just filming your day and then putting together a compilation of what you filmed and you share it with the people, and then we reached a place where we we're like, uh, it's kind of just a, it's the same thing over and over it's just we wake up we, we eat just kind of we edit now I'll, I'll say that people do this fantastically we watch people who yeah. do this fantastically where you just you literally just document your day but for us it's like we were feeling uh we were not quite aligned with what we wanted to create because there was a lack of a topic mm-hmm. to what we were talking about and the way that we're learning that we want to to get around that issue is we want to marry topical with documentation. Mm-hmm. And we went highly topical mm-hmm. for the past couple of months now. And I think we realized, okay, this has no spirit to it. We don't- right. It was just like random, not random videos, because they all had something to do with each other. But honestly, the last couple months of videos, it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. 
Was that your knuckle? Yeah, that was my knuckle. Goodness. It's broken. It's compound fractured. Yeah. So I looked at... probably wrap this up and get to the hospital. <laughs> I looked at um, my hard drive uh-huh. of all the files that I have, and I was just organizing some things. January, I was making hella content. <laughs> like, I was on it, fam. Mm. I was making a lot of videos. February, okay. March, meh, you mm. know? And I think the story that I was telling in January, I was stoked about it. I was sharing, you know, I'm stoked for this year. And that was the the narrative mm-hmm. that entire month. And I'm gonna crush it. And you know what? 2019's my year. I'm yeah. gonna get snatched. Ooh. That sounds like I'm gonna get abducted. People are gonna get shooketh. Shooketh. It's gonna get so lit up in here. And then um, February, we've just been, it's also because it's been winter. And this time of year is very hard for mm-hmm. my mental state, but shout out to spring. It's hard living in the tundra. Yeah. Um, and it's not even like we could be in Minnesota. Oh, Whew. not Minnesota. Oh my gosh. All right. Someone's breaking into our house. That's cool. Moment, so hopefully we, they join the podcast. That'd we be can great. invite them on the episode. <laughs> Hi, welcome. What would you like to steal today? <laughs> We've got cameras and microphones. It's great. No um, jewelry. Sorry. We're not so, one of those households. Do you want to check on that really quick? Check on the door. I'll be right back. While he's checking on the door, um, I'm excited for, I guess, moving forward in the year. Um, I'm excited to start to really dive super, 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 super deep into our travels, into us creating freelance stuff. Did you really have to slam the door? Robber's dead. Good. Always keep a pistol in your sock. <laughs> That's why you slammed the door. You slammed the robber. I was I just had like here. an adrenaline rush off of killing the yeah. robber. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll have to take care of that afterwards, but R.I.P. to him. For now, we have content to make. <laughs> yes. Um. Anyway, I was just telling them how excited I am. I don't even yeah. think James knows the whole vision. Honestly, I don't even know the whole vision. <laughs> We've been really working hard on it. It's all muddled, and that's the thing, is you have to figure out how to take that that mess in your head mm-hmm. and turn that into something cohesive to share with people. Mm-hmm. And going back to the fact that you're creating content for people, there is a harmony, and absolutely think about what the person is going to feel when they're engaging with it, because you you are trying to tell a story to somebody else. Yeah. And you can easily tell a story to yourself, but not tell that same story to somebody else. Yeah, and that's something that's really interesting with our dynamic together, because I tell the story to myself, and then now I have to tell this story to James so he can help me shoot it, and mm. all of that. And that's that. You have to tell that story to me before we've begun. Yeah, the you guys get the finished result. We have to tell the story to each other verbally before we've even picked up the camera. Mm-hmm. And, and it's actually pretty hard to do. It can be, yeah, it can be a little bit chaotic. We have So that's been, why we share notes now. Yeah, we have been actually pretty good. And I think we obviously still have room to improve. No. Um, but we have been, I think, detailing. I think the podcast is the first um, successful way that we've ever collaborated together, <laughs> which is hilarious because we have probably over a thousand videos that mm-hmm. we've made together. Um, and now we have to have like these scheduled planning meetings where we talk about the, um, Sorry, I keep cracking my knuckles. My apologies. Yes. Um, we have these scheduled planning meetings where we really talk about, okay, what are we doing for the channel? Mm-hmm. When we do the California thing, we need to have like four meetings before we even leave Mm. so we are crystal clear think about it as a production right 
Um, we recently filmed something with a group of people. We'll have a video about it very soon. I feel like everything I talk about is ambiguous, but we were part of this uh, big production type thing. It wasn't a super big production, but I learned a lot from it. I learned, you know, they have call sheets mm. and it's telling you, okay, this is what we're doing mm-hmm. every single step of the way. Mm-hmm. And compared to a YouTube creator, it's wicked organized. Yeah. And I want to be like, I want to be that organized. It's good. Yeah. Um, it's good to be that. A couple months ago, I was scouting for a photo shoot um, and they had specific locations that they wanted me to take pictures of before they even got their creative Mm -hmm. crew out there because their creative crew costs a lot of money Mm -hmm. and they don't want to waste a second Mm -hmm. so i'm excited to do more of that and maybe even document some of that i don't know maybe people aren't even interested but you know what then i'll just keep it on my hard drive screw them (laughs) so i I did want to touch on touch it the idea of consistency with your work Mm -hmm. one thing i've learned one thing i'm realizing i'll put it that way through uh, once again the other creators that we're connected to and just watching just watching the world happen around me of of youtube content is that one of the most important things is consistency and like i said you can build an audience that is a prison for yourself and i'm saying that because like i said i'm watching externally what's going on um to me, what seems to be the case is that what you create consistently is what the people come to expect. And so it's not so much about if a video catches or if somebody, if you have followed the formula of creating well enough, which is hilarious because those are two like, what's it, not synonymous, but (laughs) anti-anonymous <laughs> ideas formula creating because is creating a word huh is anonymous a word yeah it's okay. a it's a pe- it's a group of people too that like oh, hack okay. news broadcasts yeah. and stuff but um the the there are two different things formula and creating mm-hmm. creating is you're you're charting new ground formula is we've charted the ground and yeah, here's the way to go it. yeah right so it's a different formula from what i was speaking about earlier Perhaps, yeah. Because the formula that I was speaking about earlier was don't follow that formula. Follow your own kind of formula. Sure. The formula of like the internet of creating really, you know, simple to consume kind of content, that kind of stuff. And and systematizing in formula is good. And you can learn on the back of other creators. That's how we learn everything we ever do is on the back of the people who come before us and who are with us now, right? But what I'm, the idea is that if you, Make a video that follows the the formula, quote capital F formula, right? Then that's different than creating videos consistently that follow a certain theme, mm-hmm. and your audience learns to get to know you through that theme, mm-hmm. right? So I binge watch certain YouTube creators because they have mastered the theme mm-hmm. so well. Well, let's go, let's and, use an example that everyone knows. Philip DeFranco. Right. What's up, you beautiful bastards? We've been making the same thing. For like 20 years. 20 years. No, it's more like 10 or 11 years, but. Since 1984. Yeah. But his videos are very 
structured mm-hmm. you know what you're expecting and i bet you it's a bit easier for him to film because he knows what to oh how to film it yeah with video blogs it's a little bit more complicated but there are some amazing people yeah. that do it mm. um and I, I think yeah i think the thing i wanted to get across though is that i think a lot of people fall into the trap of of being too short-sighted and thinking that their audience is not connecting with what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But the question that I'm learning that you should maybe ask yourself is, well, how long have you been doing that thing? Mm -hmm. And if you're, if the, the answer is I, well, I've tried five videos. Yeah. (laughs) Then that means absolutely nothing. You have to do it a hundred times. You have to do it over and over and over. And your audience slowly comes along. Yeah. Your audience, you might lose people. New people will come in. Your audience slowly adapts. It's like your audience is like a meteor trail following your content. Mm-hmm. It slowly moves with you. It trails. And and I think that pe- people get caught up in that, and so they'll flail, right? They'll make something like, oh, this sucks. It's boring. This isn't working. Nobody cares. And they'll go over to the other thing. And that's the exact problem. That's, that's actually why they're not <laughs> successful is yeah. because of their flailing, their audience comes to their channel and they're like and and listen this is something i'm i'm sure i look at my own content and i go jesus i flailed (laughs) you know it's like i want to be able to look back at a hundred videos that follow Mm -hmm. the pattern that that follow a pattern that an audience can easily grab onto and that's the type of sort of uh, digestible but also meaningful content that i think is really good I saw on Twitter, and if you're not following me on Twitter, I will link both of our Twitter links in the show notes below. Um, I highly encourage you to follow us because we like to tweet with really funny memes um, or GIFs or GIFs or whoever. I call it GIF. Very serious. The The creator of the GIF calls it GIF, so I call it GIF. Yeah. GIFs are probably... Whenever I see that poll going down... It's such a stupid... It bothers me because I'm like, the, the person who created it... Yeah. Told us what it was. So if you I say gif, you're wrong. So I saw this gif on Twitter. Um no, so I saw this uh question on Twitter targeted to one of our friends. Uh his name is John Prosser. Shout out to John if you're listening. I have a feeling that you are, and you know what? You are a special human. I hope you give me back my rake. Yeah. Whew. Jerk. You filthy man um <laughs> so something that that person asked him asked him was what do you do when a video doesn't perform well and his response was i just make another one mm. i was like heck yeah john yeah. give me a virtual fist bump it takes a lot of confidence to make youtube videos you have to be very it takes a lot of peace inner peace about what you're doing i don't even i wouldn't even call it that i would just call it arrogance mm. <laughs> and you have to know who to watch and who to not watch in your community because there are a lot of people who are so sensitive to what their community is saying that like it wrecks them and people have to like get off of Twitter because of, and I've never experienced this because I we're much smaller, obviously. Well, because everybody likes us. Be, right. <laughs> but, but it's like, in my mind, it's like, I understand it's frustrating to look in your mentions and it's just a bunch of people. A bunch of hooey. Say a bunch of hooey and malarkey and hoo hockey. Um, I understand that, but that's that's the internet. Like, that's it. That's what happens when you get on the internet and make a thing. You're here. Yeah. 
Don't so, you know? So you have to find your inner fortitude. You have to mm-hmm. be foundationed within yourself. Yeah. Flash forward to six months from now, James makes a viral tweet and everybody's just chastising him. He's just in a corner. Sobbing. I was sent death threats. Yeah. I am leaving the internet forever. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Doo-doop. Um, or doo-doo. What's the Windows log off? You wanted to say something about Steve Jobs, right? Oh, who's that? Steve Jobs was the CEO right? of Apple at one point. I thought it was Microsoft. It was probably Microsoft. Yeah. Um, oh, no. Yeah. He, he, didn't he design Steve, Microsoft Vista? Steve Jobs and Bill Gates had a sword fight in the year 1000, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And... This started their rivalry. How cool would it be? Because you know how Steve started um, Apple. The swords were made of fire. You know how Steve started Apple in his garage? Steve's sword was very simple. It had one button on it. It was all white. <laughs> and uh, and Bill Gates's sword was ran on Windows Vista. So Bill Gates lost. <laughs> he just lost work. the fight. What I was going to say was, you know how Steve started Apple in his garage? What if yeah. he started it with... Um, Bill Gates, and then they split, mm. and that's like oh, that would have been the, epic. Yeah, talk about a compelling talk, story. Talk about a Disney movie. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Okay, so I have I every now and then I get on different kicks with different people that I think are just interesting individuals and all sorts of different things. Like I'll go down a rabbit hole of a video game one day. Uh, a Steve Jobs one day Star Wars at next. night when I brush my teeth. Sometimes I watch videos about catastrophism. Do you even know what that means, no. Christina? He's been watching videos about like old medical stuff, and it makes I, me nauseous. Don't even talk about it. No, it was just a podcast. I'm not going to talk about okay. the content of it. I just want to clarify. It was just it was a single podcast with somebody who studied 17th century medicine, Can and that just, was a gnarly time. Like, let's just have a moment and just go. We're not in the 17th century. <laughs> right. Thank you. Yeah, if you if you need to find something to be grateful today, just learn about 17th century medicine and how surgeries worked, and you'll be really happy that you live where you live, um, and when you live. Steve Jobs was an incredible storyteller. Mm-hmm. This is something that we we all tend to know about him and so i've been on this this little steve jobs kick and i've been listening to him and i've been listening to him in contrast against the most recent apple event which was just <laughs> big bird and oprah un- <laughs> and michael scott like it made me want to stab myself in the eyes goodness it was it wasn't that bad it it was pretty bad hmm. it was it was just it was such a departure from what <laughs> I I want Apple to be. Did their services not fill your needs? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is, I didn't even and I given I did miss the first half. So I full full disclaimer, I did miss the first half of the thing where they supposedly talk, spoke about services and stuff. But but when I from what I watched, it was like it was just boring. Even though they had these celebrities, they spent all their budget for this thing on these celebrities to get up on stage and read a script, which was supposed to be a big deal to us. I was like, I just don't care. Like there's, there's but they did have Michael and it was so they did. He was the, he was actually the best person because he actually had some speaking talent on stage. Yeah. Cause he seemingly. used to sell paper. Which I mean, Oprah is supposed to have speaking talent on stage, and she Apple. 
she came on stage. That was such a like. Uh, and she spoke in her normal, semi kind of inspirational way. And am I the only one that's at, not inspired by when she speaks? <laughs> she's <laughs> oh my god. She's good at speaking, but it was like I I don't care. And the, also the fact this is developers, a developers conference. conference. So I'm like what? So anyway, uh, can we talk about software? It was funny that that. Uh, uh, Michael Scott came on, which is so funny that everybody call like they don't even call him Steve his real Burrow. name because he's, he's he's Michael Scott. He's Michael Scott. Uh, where was that? Okay, so <laughs> the difference. What if he came on as Michael Scarn? <laughs> Wait, you know, what was that reference? He was. Um, that is, I mean, that yeah, was in the office. Michael Scarn but... is the jail Michael Scott with the purple oh, okay. bandana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been way better. Um, and yeah, it it I went back and watched when. Steve Jobs introduced the first iPhone. Is that the one where he yelled iPad. at everyone? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, first iPhone and the first iPad. And it was amazing how, well, for one, how excited everyone got about the idea that he was taking an iPod, a phone, and an internet-connected thing, device, I forget exactly how he said it, he, these three things and turning them into one. And when he, he repeated those three things a few times to emphasize it, and then he said, this is all one device. Mm-hmm. And it was just so profound. Everybody in the room was moved mm-hmm. by this, right? Well, granted, we're, we are in the state of technology where it's that's like, what, we've kind of done everything. Par- partially, it was just interesting that, that in that era, that's what got people excited. Mm-hmm. But also, he did such an amazing job at talking about the reason why the device exists. Yeah. Not what it does and what new thing we've now added um, to the mix to make things more exciting and what have you. It was, this is why this even is here. here. This is why we should care about this thing. He, He started with why. He he started yeah he started with with why and that whole idea uh, in popular culture is based around the way that he markets so so anyway that was that was something that reminded me that it all comes back in the end to telling a compelling story Steve Jobs had a lot of edginess and grittiness to him. There was a lot of things that people didn't like about him, and he routinely did stuff that was against the river, right? Mm-hmm. And people called him uh, called him all sorts of um, a jerk. Yeah, called him bad things, a dirty lame, words. A lame guy. Because and they 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 said that he was an asshole because of different. And I'm sure there were things that he did that leaned into that, but I think a lot of it had to do with just the his conviction and the fact that he was not PC on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. He was serious about what he was doing. And when you're he, focused, it's like when like he, he was, was hyper focused, he was laser focused yeah. on the vision behind yeah. what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what like the other day I was telling you, like, I don't have time for drama. I don't have time to argue exactly. about things. I am so busy. Yeah. I just, I don't have time for it. I'm busy. Mm-hmm. You know, if mm-hmm. you want to argue with me about mm-hmm. something, Go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Leave it in a YouTube or, or in a in a Yahoo chat. Mm-hmm. So this new event <clears throat> was full of frills. I think we could agree it's full of frills. 
It's very okay, frilly. First of all, you're not going to talk about Big Bird that way. Okay. <laughs> B- Big Bird was a frill. Big Bird. He was, was an great. Icon, I'm, okay. I'm not saying that nobody should ever put Big Bird on a stage. Big, Big Bird's Bird. fun. He's not a frill. He's an icon. Okay. He's a frilly icon. He's a frilly icon. <laughs> there, there, it was a bunch of frills. It was a bunch of excitement. Hurrah. And Woo-hoo. nobody cared that, that much. Uh-huh. Right? Steve Jobs got up on stage on his own with a button in his hand that flipped the little keynote thing behind him and spoke. And everybody listened. Mm-hmm. And everybody cared. And I'm putting a lot of silence in my in between my words right now, because that's what he did. When he spoke, 